We are good. Episode 20 of the Northeast Corner. <laughs> we're in, we're, we're getting pretty good at this now, right? Yeah, well, I'd like to think so. Like, we're just in a routine now. Of like, you know, remember when we first did it? Like, obviously the Jeremy Kyle one, school days, blah, 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 blah. We would get really nervous. Oh, yeah. I had to be like a big countdown thing. And now, like, we've just been sitting here kind of talking smack for like. Oh, we'd all have that, you know, that little sheen. Yeah, sweat. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, I'm on camera <laughs> yeah. without us realizing. Wait, we can just edit this. So even if we do mess up, nobody's it's gonna, gonna be know. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're dealing quite well with it these days, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's actually I find it quite uh, cathartic. I dare say nowadays, it's like nice coming over and well, occasionally we get to have a rant, don't we? So Pretty much, good. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the seagull one was definitely the biggest rant. Yeah. It was the rant of all rants so far. Say, Jeremy Kyle thought hate. you got it bad. The seagull, <laughs> seagulls are going to hate us real bad now, man. I've not been swooped since, though, which is good. Maybe maybe it was just a firm tell and they needed it. Stay away. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll come together and fight Murray Council <laughs> <laughs> to do something about it. Let, like, no more hate for Murray Council today. No, <laughs> so. no. All in good faith, Murray Council. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about that today. That has been covered. We're here to do another episode of, it could be, it's not HNC journalism, it's uh, HNC history hour with Hutchin and Hasty. Definitely. My, uh, my sister would be proud. She actually is now a school teacher of history. Oh. Yeah, she would be very proud. <laughs> 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 the, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> so we are doing our history episode, or history, or HNC history, whatever you want to call it. Many names you could give this. You decide what you want to call it. Uh, on the Spanish flu pandemic of 1918 to 19. 19- 20, I believe, was oh, when... AKA, the great influenza. When's a pandemic. Yeah. Yes, I've got the official... Uh, well, not the official. I don't know if there's like a website dedicated to Spanish <laughs> flu. You imagine if there's like a fan site for it or something? Like, oh my God, the return's coming. Well, Hopefully not, because the, <laughs> it would it would not be a good thing. That sounds like some kind of cult. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's something you don't want to get involved in. Spanish flu, also known as the great influenza epidemic, or the 1918 influenza pandemic, was exceptionally deadly was an exceptionally deadly uh, global influenza pandemic caused by the H1N1 influenza A virus. It reminds me of like a battle gr- a battleground game, isn't it? I'm pretty sure there <laughs> yeah. is a H1N... There is a PlayStation game, which is H1... Is it that H1 Horizon or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that just totally popped in my head thinking, wait Well, do you remember swine flu? Yeah. That was another strain of the H1N1 virus, yeah. so that's why everyone kind of lost their minds over that. And obviously, at the moment, we're kind of experiencing a pandemic. Yeah. Maybe on the lighter side now. Feels like we're not in such a bad place anymore, but I don't want to jinx it. Like, Ma- touch wood. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's just because of where we are in the country. It's, yeah, it's, true. It's true. all right for us. So the earliest documented case was March 18... Uh, March 1918, rather, sorry. In Kansas, the United States of America, with further cases recorded in France, Germany, and the United Kingdom in April. Two years later, nearly a third of the global population, or an estimated 500 million people, had been infected in four successive waves. Estimates of deaths range from 17.4 million to 100 million. But I've also seen... Uh, like, 250 million at a push. Yeah, but I've also seen it say that acceptable... Um, Estimates range from I think it was twenty five or twenty four million to I think it was fifty million. Yeah, and it's like it can be. You're you're right. It can be really over or under, and I'm just like, wow. But it goes to show how little was actually recorded about it at the time, or was allowed to be put out. Well, it was basically one of the deadliest pandemics that we've ever had. Yeah, obviously, like there's been stuff like 
the Black, Black Plague, Plague yeah. but obviously we didn't really that have logistics and all yeah. that kind of stuff. I think that took out like three quarters of Europe, which is madness. Yeah, all from rats, man. That's yeah. crazy. That's just crazy. And the seriousness of this outbreak was only really recognised recently. Is that what, due to COVID? No, 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 no. <laughs> what you, you think? Yeah, Co- COVID's out there to like, cover oh. for Spanish <laughs> flu. Like, don't <laughs> let them know how many people they've killed. <laughs> no, but I think it's just because, uh, like, we'll get into as we go along. Uh, a lot of there's a lot of uh, effort to cover this up. Yeah, because there was a war, go- the Great War, World War One was going on at the time of when this outbreak started, so it was like suppressed a lot. Yeah, and once was. you kind of start that, you don't really stop. Do you, you don't no. want to be like humans are not the kind of species that are like okay we messed up sorry guys we're like no we're, no, we're just gonna keep we're doing gonna what keep we're doing anyway until it's literally pointed we'll, out <laughs> we'll ride it till the wheels fall off and <laughs> they most likely do fall off constantly <laughs> it's gonna be yabba dabba do time yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah I think it was it's we were just talking about swine flu there mm. uh, and I think that's when they kind of realized oh. Like the H1N1 virus is actually no joke, as we can see from 1918. Well, yeah, exactly. And another thing I want to say about that, Kansas, I have no idea what goes on there, but I I said to you before the podcast, Kansas is mentioned in a lot of stuff. Mm. (laughs) Like, I don't fully understand it. But yeah, right, I had a, I wanted to ask just one, one very simple question. Why was it called the Spanish flu? I'm glad that you've asked this. (laughs) So... See, when the coronavirus was going on, well, it still is going on, but, like, at the start, yeah. like, proper people buying toilet paper for no reason, even if they didn't have any shortages, blah, 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 blah. There was a lot of, kind of, uh, stuff being released on stuff like this, because we didn't know what coronavirus was at the time. We didn't know if it was going to be as bad as Spanish flu or worse or more moderate. It looks like it's turned out a bit more moderate. Yeah. Because, obviously, I think, as it stands at the moment, and I'm not, by any means, saying this isn't a lot of people, but I think it's 4.5 million as of today, global deaths of coronavirus, which if you look at the more kinder estimation of the amount of people that Spanish flu's killed, uh, it's on the, you know, it's a definitely a, a lower fatality rate. But obviously well, it's not over yet, so, and maybe yeah. in like 10 years time we'll find out a lot more people died of coronavirus than we actually got officially yeah, told or for, whatever. Yeah, for all we know, it could yeah. be happening again. <laughs> but as of the data that we have today, I, I sound like I'm at this COVID briefing, right? <laughs> we just need those big... It's very un- factual. We need big Union Jacks. We need Chris Whitty and Patrick Valance either side of me. <laughs> and, I'm in, and I'm like leading... <laughs> to be fair, there was a part of the like COVID briefings during like the first like proper no one was allowed to work or whatever because like in the second one, there was a lot more kind of exemptions. Yeah. Uh like, someone different every day was hosting it. I was expect. I thought it was going to be, like, duty duty that I was going to be called up to do it at some point. <laughs> it's like, today, the COVID briefing of August 5th, 2020, <laughs> Ryan Hutchin will take the COVID briefing <laughs> today. <laughs> but, oh, so, yeah, like, obviously, uh, with Spanish flu, getting back to your original question, yeah. <laughs> I've also done a good job of being a politician there by <laughs> completely changing the subject of the question that you've asked me. But... Uh, so when coronavirus started, there's a lot of people like saying, "Oh, uh, you know how like like Trump and that was trying to start beef with like the China over it and calling it after that country and stuff like that." Yeah, and yeah. people were like, "Oh, you know that's wrong." And then other people were like, "Well, well, disease gets called after where it originated all the time." And someone brought up Spanish flu, and I'm like, 
but Spanish flu didn't originate in Spain. <laughs> yeah, and he's exactly. like, what do you mean? It's like, it's called Spanish flu. And I'm like, well, <sighs> I didn't go in, because I can't be arse telling people on the internet stuff, because they're like, no, look at this YouTube video, or no, look at this Google headline, or look at my thinking. You know, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Everything is subjective. Exactly. Uh, but Spanish <laughs> flu was named Spanish flu, uh probably is a bit of a kind of bitterness that Spain was the only free press. Yeah. There was an embargo put on the press by most of the uh, powers of the world, the media and stuff, because we had the war going on at the time. Yeah, and there was. And a lot of these outbreaks were coming from, like, uh, soldiers coming from America to fight the war in Europe, and then people from Europe get sick and going home, and... Because, yeah. obviously, like, the... the tri- you can kind of see how a pandemic would happen now, because the population... Now is like what seven billion something. Yes, and that's like three three times the size of what it was when the Spanish flu pandemic happened. I think it was like one point eight billion or something. Mm -hmm. Um, so Spain reported that there was an outbreak of a flu virus, and like you know, so the only honest enough country to yeah, and most of Western Western powers and yeah, (laughs) they believe in both those things. (laughs) Uh, They don't choose one over the other. That's for sure. Uh, he's going to take us out one day, isn't he? he is. I swear we he's mention it every podcast episode. Now. <laughs> we'll just ride it until the wheels go off because we're humans at the end yeah, of the day. Do. Uh, God, we really are dragging this origin <laughs> story out, aren't we? But uh, so yeah, Sp- Spain reported on it, saying that there was a flu outbreak in that, and all the Western powers and uh, other countries that were involved in the First World War were like, "No, it's just a normal flu," like playing it down and everything. Yeah, and. That is why it's called the Spanish flu. So yeah. now we, we've been very sinister in the sense of uh, Spain actually, you know, did a good thing by reporting it and trying yeah. to make people aware of it. And then we just kind of labeled them with it. So now everyone that doesn't really read up on this probably thinks the Spanish flu started in Spain. When in all honesty, before before you've explained that and I've done a little bit of reading on it, I, I would have thought, oh, crazy flu that would have wiped out Spain, you know? But then you find out, oh, no, it's, it was like the whole world was pretty much affected. Yep. That's that's crazy. It's crazy that certain uh, viruses come from certain parts of the world. Obviously not due to, like, the terrain or the countries or that. Yeah. Because a lot of these viruses start from animal-to-human transmission from our relationships of eating animals, right? So flu yeah. is quite common in birds, pigs. That's usually where it comes from, right? Like, there was bird flu, swine flu, you know, swine flu was a H1N1 strain of virus, so that might explain how this started, perhaps. Well, yeah, because it just sounds like it's a never-dying variation. Yeah. Really. Mm. That's what it all sounds like. If it's all originating from this H1N1, that, that thing's obviously yeah. going to outlive us. <laughs> and then, <laughs> like, know? the more SARS and stuff has kind of came from, like, Asia and that, mm-hmm. with, you know, the whole wet market stuff and, yeah, and all that, that the, the animals that have carrying those diseases and whatnot but yeah spanish flu was was brutal i <laughs> was watching a documentary where there was a case in america i believe of where the doctors believe that the person contracted it on the day that they died oh wow yeah no incubation period contracted the spanish flu on the day died that day i can't confirm that because yeah. it was part of a documentary that was a <clears throat> it was a you know rumored case but if you consider how brutal this was, because like like we said, it took out 
anywhere from what seventeen point four to two hundred and fifty million people from the ranges that we were giving. Yeah, I was also reading it was ranging. Like, it wasn't really affecting those between the age of twenty to forty. It was more infants and elderly that it, which is kind like, of follows really what out. flu usually does, right? Yeah. Like flu, seasonal flu that we have today, they want to protect infants and the, and the elderly. elderly, whereas we seem to be able to. To be beat optional. it, <laughs> but yeah. it does change later down the line, right? As we're we're gonna go into, because it did mutate into something very, yeah. very much more aggressive that just was not discriminating. Or well, on the um the documentary I watched <laughs> on it, it explained how it started being spread, and it was when people were coughing or sneezing, it was actual like um water droplets. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's transmitted the same way that coronavirus is transmitted. Yeah. So it was like these water droplets, but then it would also change. Um, it could be uh, contracted through touch. As it yeah, went on, I mm. was like, oh, wow. <laughs> Through touch. Like, that's insane. Because that's the thing about viruses, right? Like, I'm no medical expert, but from everything that I've watched and everything I've read up on, viruses don't, they don't infect you to kill you. They infect you to replicate. It's your immune response because it recognizes that that shouldn't be in your body and attacks it, which makes you ill. And sometimes in extreme cases, leads to... Fatality, right? Yeah. From what I get, obviously, I'm no medical expert, so don't live by my medical advice and don't accept <laughs> medical advice from an <laughs> idiot podcaster uh, that's doing one in a garage. So, Well, hey, w- I mean, w- we do our best. We've got hand sanitizer. What else do you want? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yes. I'm just saying that people are watching don't take our medical advice. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm not a doctor. No. <laughs> this is confirmed. Um, but yeah, I've I read um, a little bit about when it was happening, like the public health management. Mm-hmm. So I've got a bit here from a wiki. <laughs> <laughs> so it's um, the public health management. While systems for alerting public health authorities of infectious spread did exist in 1918, they did not generally include influenza, leading to a delayed response. Now, obviously, we know that's pretty much due to the war effort, as we've discussed. Like They didn't want to spread... Well, well, worldwide panic. Yeah, they didn't want to demoralize people from the war effort, right? Exactly. So, nevertheless, actions were taken. Maritime quarantines were declared on islands such as Iceland, Australia, and American Samoa, saving many lives. So, it's obviously just social distancing. Um, And then more social distancing measures were introduced. Um, For example, clothing... Clothing? Closing schools, theaters, and places of worship, limiting public transportation, and banning mass gatherings. Which sounds pretty familiar to what's going on right now. Well, the next bit's making me giggle. So wearing face masks became common in some places, such as Japan, though they were no, though there were debates over their efficacy. Effe- 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 efficacy. There effe- we go. Efficacy. What does that mean, right? We're gonna have to do. We're gonna have to do. We're gonna. Have, yeah, yeah. Because an efficacy is how effective yeah. something is. We're gonna have to do an, uh, a pronunciation episode at some point. We're gonna have because we absolutely butchered that. We got there in the end, but. <laughs> Um, There were also some resistance to their use, as as exemplified by the Anti-Mask League of San Francisco. (laughs) But this is the thing, like, what's going on now? So there's two extreme opinions. Yeah. There's one where, like, let's never leave the house ever again. Yeah. And then the other one's like, oh, this is all for control and all this kind of stuff. It's all a lie. And people are like, you know... Uh, masks aren't effective and all this blah 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 uh, but a lot of that's going on back then because they're trying to the people that say that kind of stuff try to say that it's like a 
unique moment in time that we're in of yeah. where this has never happened before. Well, clearly it has. It has, but you just weren't allowed Three to see times. it like a hundred, <laughs> hundred years ago. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? So That's madness. Um, it's good to see we learn from our mistakes as a species, right? Well, yeah, I know. It's just rinse and repeat, isn't it? That's what it actually seems. We're going full circle again. Um, vaccines were also developed, but as these were based on bacteria and not the actual virus, that's obviously due to what was available yeah, at mm-hmm. that time. They didn't have like the whole um, technology that we have now to... Exactly. Um, they could only help with secondary infections. The actual enforcement of various restrictions varied. To a large extent, the New York City Health Commissioner ordered businesses to open and close on staggered shifts to avoid overcrowding on the subways. That's quite a clip. That's... Uh, you know, quite a decent thing to do to yeah. stagger. Uh, you know, maybe things like that should be put in place here. Mm-hmm. Or, well, worldwide at the moment with coronavirus, mm-hmm. isn't it? Well, the thing is, Spanish flu, like, this is seeming to drag out the coronavirus, right? Because we're coming up to two years yep. next. No, this December, because it was 2019 where it originated in Wuhan and whatnot. But whereas Spanish flu, it was kind of mostly allowed to run its course, mm-hmm. infect people, kill people. And then it just disappeared after two years, which we'll get to down further down the line as well. But Spanish flu killed more people than World War One did. I know that's cr- like you know madness. madness. I think like World that's War One's like in terms of soldier casualties, it's like the most like fatal war of all time. Obviously, World War Two eclipses it, but there's a lot more civilians and yeah. stuff to take. There are a lot of people who died of malaria and stuff during the time as well. I think. Um, but yeah, a later study found that measures such as banning mass gatherings and requiring the wearing of face masks could cut the death rate up to 50%. But this was dependent on their being imposed early in the outbreak and not being lifted prematurely, which mm. is the kind of debate that we're having again today, right? Well, yeah, exactly. It's uh, do we keep the people happy or do we keep the people safe? Yeah. And when you've got a lot of people who are like, we just want to be happy. And there's a lot of division. <laughs> there's always going to be division on that, right? Exactly. Because you always get people who are like, I'd rather be happy. Yeah, be miserable and have to do this mm. and do that. And it's like, well, I'd rather be miserable, do this and do that for a little while and then reap the benefit afterwards. Mm. Uh, that, that's my thought on it. Yeah. If it doesn't go away. Because well, like you said, like alive. Japan was a country that took this forward mm. and making it more of a habit, right? But obviously before the pandemic, it was more, rather than being mandated, people would like take it if they had like, the cold or something. Yeah, you know, that's what which is probably quite as. a smart thing to do, right? Because even though you're not going to die of the cold, the that's cold what can they still suck. Reported to people back in the states where the, where their soldiers were coming back, they were actually telling people on these bases, "No, they've not got the Spanish flu. Mm-hmm. They've just got a cold or yeah. flu." So they were technically lying to their own people, so they'd mm-hmm. still get treated. And but it's, it's similar like, again, right? Like the coronavirus response here. Like one week, it was like. You know, just we're gonna beat it by June, and then the like literally the next Monday it was like stay at home, stay at <laughs> home, don't look at anyone, yeah. don't talk to anyone. It was don't it, even it open was, your window. It was when Boris Johnson uh, said, "If your friends ask you to meet up, you should say no." But yeah, so medical treatment, as there were no antiviral drugs to treat the virus and no antibiotics to treat the secondary bacterial infections. Doctors would rely on a random assortment of medicines with varying degrees of effectiveness, such as aspirin, a load of other ones, uh, <laughs> castor oils, another one on there, and iodine. I'm not going to butcher that the was rest the, of That them. was the official data. Aspirin <laughs> and a load of other ones. <laughs> a load of other ones. <laughs> Obviously, um, I hope you detect the sarcasm in that. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be spreading misinformation out here. Some of these I've got no chance of pronouncing. Like Epsom, Epsom salts, castor oil, and iodine. 
Well, when when were antibiotics? Antibiotics were the forties as well, right? They were discovered because like that took out tuberculosis, which used to be one of the main killers in the world. Obviously, they developed a vaccine for that as well eventually, but. But they used to also apply bloodletting as well. They, they tried all that. They tried, at the time, obviously, traditional medicine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they used to even try bloodletting to help out. Should we go into a bit of the, uh, what the first wave was then? Yeah, do it. So the first Are wave you ready? Uh, was in early 1918. The pandemic is conventionally marked as having begun on the 4th of March 1918, which is kind of similar to how the worldwide pandemic, even though it was identified in Wuhan in December, the pandemic didn't really get announced as a pandemic until like March 2020 mm-hmm. uh, from the World Health Organization. Uh, with the recording of the case of Albert Gitchell, an army cook at Camp Funston in Kansas, United States, despite there being having been cases before him, the disease had already been observed in Haskell County as early as January 1918. So again, it's kind of following a similar pattern, prompting local doctor Loring Minor to warn the editors of the U.S. Public Health Service's acad- academic journal Public Health Reports. Within days of March 4th, the first case at Camp Funston, 522 men at the camp had reported sick. By the 11th of March 1918, the virus had reached Queens, New York. Uh, Queens is a part of New York. Queens, New York. (laughs) Sorry, a bit of bad grammar for me there. Failure to take preventive measures in March, April was later criticised. Again, this is... We're literally printing a carbon copy of what happened in 2020 right now. That's it. As the US had entered World War I, the disease quickly spread from Camp Funston. I hope I'm saying that correctly. It's probably, you know, we've already acknowledged that pronunciation isn't our strong spot Well, that's today. it. You know, if you've never been there, you've never heard it said. We're, exactly. We're, 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 uh, we're, we're try. trying our best. <laughs> that's it. A major training ground for troops of the American Expeditionary Forces to other U.S. Army camps in Europe, because obviously America was fighting Germany with us in the war. Uh and uh, becoming an epidemic in the Midwest, East Coast, and French ports by April 1918, and reaching the Western Front by the middle of the month. Because uh, there's a theory that the reason that we kind of uh, absolutely dominated the war towards the end is because it hit, like, German and Austria-Hungary forces and that that were involved in the East right, first. Okay. So, like, a lot of them were kind of getting sick and dying off, and that's how we ended up ending the war pretty quickly. And then, obviously, it was, like, the end of the war that because uh, America joined right at the end. Uh, basically just had numbers <laughs> so, yeah we it, got the numbers it, we got the numbers it, <laughs> it then quickly spread to the rest of france great britain italy spain and it may reached breslau and odessa I, I i take it that may be battlegrounds of where world war one was fought just as a hazard of guessing i could be totally wrong i I'm, i've never heard of those places before after the signing of the treaty of uh brest march 1918 germany so this must be the Similar to the Treaty of Versailles. Oh no, started releasing Russian prisoners of war who then brought the disease to their countries. So this is how it spread from Europe to Russia because the Russians were fighting the Germans. Yeah, so course, that's how yeah. it's... So that probably aids the theory of the Germans maybe like came across this first because they were... Were they allied with Italy at the time or am I thinking of World War Two? I might be thinking of World War Two and Mussolini. Yeah. yeah. So uh, getting, now you've mentioned that, now I'm thinking about that Russian flu. Yeah, yeah, because there was one in like yeah, the nineteenth like, century as well, right? Yeah, oh my yeah, god, yeah. there's so many links. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it reached North Africa, India, and Japan in May, and soon after had likely gone around the world, as there had been recorded cases in Southeast Asia in April. In June, an outbreak was reported in China. After reaching Australia in July, the wave started to recede. So this is like 
where it becomes seasonal, right? Because we're still technically winter from January to March, and then yeah, spring, yeah. and then summer's like, you know, June, July. The first wave of the flu lasted from the first quarter of 1918 and was relatively mild. Mortality rates were not uh, appreciable above normal. In the United States, 75,000 flu-related deaths were reported in the first six months of 1918 compared to 63,000 deaths during the same period in 1915. In Madrid, Spain, fewer than 1,000 people died from influenza between May and June of 1918. There were no reported quarantines during the first quarter of 1918. However, the first wave caused a significant disruption in the military operations of World War I, with three-quarters of French troops, half of the British forces, and over 900,000 German soldiers sick. Which probably aids to what I just said earlier about how we won the war quite emphatically in the end. Uh, and then it goes on to the second wave. But we'll have a little recap over the first wave. That's that's crazy. That's a lot of people. And that wasn't, like, even the worst of it, right? Like, And we call it the Spanish flu. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Know, <laughs> like, super low on the list. They literally Spain. had nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And that's obviously, like, on the war side of it. I mean... Yeah, wow, how much money would... Oh, jeez, oh. Money, people, just everything. Yeah. None of it left. Because, like, flu's still quite a bad thing as of the day, right? Is it? It can be, Obviously, like, the numbers went down because of the stuff that we did last year for coronavirus. Yeah. But, like, in a normal flu year, is it not something ridiculous? Like, 30,000 people in the UK die of flu a year or something It is. I actually... I did have that somewhere, and if I'm honest, I can't... I might find it later. It might Mm -hmm. be in a different, different subheading. Have to wait. <laughs> so obviously we won the war and everyone's going home. So mass gatherings, which is yeah. obviously the wrong way to go when you've got stuff that transmits through, uh, you know, airborne droplets and all that kind of stuff. Mm. You know, massive parties because the war ended because that was the thing that had been going on for what four or five years. But if you, I still think it's crazy. I can, like I said earlier, I can understand how a pandemic would start now because there's way more population is way easier or it was way easier to travel yeah when this for this started right you can go anywhere in the world yeah because we obviously we have air travel at yeah the time. it's more commercialized yeah. now where that wasn't a thing it wasn't it, it was, was just ships. the start of like <laughs> aviation in the yeah, world exactly. that kind of era right well i think when when the spanish flu first kind of came into like full effect around the world i don't think aviation travel was actually on the go i think that's what one of the documentaries was saying it, it wasn't readily available is what i'm looking to say trying to say do you so know what's like mental so the, the propaganda to like cover it up was because they didn't want to demoralize the war effort yeah but the war in itself probably aided it spreading around the world and affecting countries that had nothing to do with the mm-hmm. war so they took something back home that killed more people than the actual war did and that's something that they probably didn't have any control over yeah, <laughs> yeah you know that's the thing, like, we, we didn't really know what it was. No, we didn't. We didn't like, understand probably it. some experts knew it was bad, mm. but most of us probably been like, oh, well, it's hearsay. So and I obviously, like, news isn't as accessible back then as it was now, whereas mm-hmm. it's just pumped in your head 24-7 if you watch the TV or something like that. Well, exactly. Like, back then, the entertainment value of everything was, well, it was it was kind of skyrocketing a little bit, you know? Um so, like, many business... Well, sorry, so the bit I was going to talk about was the economic side. Um, so there's uh, many businesses in the entertainment and service industry suffered losses in revenue, while the healthcare industry reported profit gains for obvious reasons. Yeah, because... Soap. Yeah, soap, medicines, <laughs> you know, all of that. That was... It was... In, well, everyone needed it. They were told, you know, you need to be... Like, good hygiene was essentially being 
told to everyone that's mm-hmm. how you need that's how you're going to beat it or that's how you prevent it prevention is better than curing yeah and that was on some of the posters that they actually put up as advertising their own products because mm-hmm. um, that's where people get like a disdain for quote-unquote big pharma right because they always say they would rather treat a disease rather than cure it because there's more money to be made in that because obviously you cure it there's going to be eradicated one and done yeah whereas treat, <laughs> treatments uh, a revolving door of business thing, yeah, yeah. Um, and then th- this bit is um, hist- from a lady, uh, Nancy Bristow. Um, she's also argued that the pandemic, when combined with the increasing number of women attending college, contrib- contributed to the success of women in the field of nursing. Hmm. So that's like, that's, well, I suppose it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because like this, the recovery from the because the world did bounce back, right? When it didn't mm. just magically disappear in. Uh, right, I think that's when we stopped being so proud and just taking males. Yeah, you know? and, and it they created were like, we, like yeah. better healthcare, more accessible healthcare. It basically create, created a middle class in America as well from the documentary that we watched. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, yep. So this was due to part. Uh, this was due in part to the failure of medical doctors, who were predominantly men, to contain and prevent the illness. So nursing, nursing staff, who mainly women, celebrated the success of their patient care and did not associate the spread of their disease with their work. Hmm. I also had a, um, a note down here that the spread around the world through trade networks, which makes sense, right? Because, yeah. you know, that's one thing. We had our yeah. ships, yeah. And imperial colonies, which probably some of the soldiers from the war went back to. Because this was like some of the prime time of like British Empire you know, the Commonwealth and all that, and obviously Fran- France had colonies and Dutch had colonies, all, you know, you, you could go on. So, yeah, I mean, the um, the last bit on the economic bit I have is a, 2000 tw- uh, a 2020 study found that U.S. cities that implemented early and extensive non-medical measures, um, quarantine, etc., suffered no additional adverse economic effects due to implementing those measures, unlike those cities that implemented measures late or not at all. Is that because they just had to do it for a more extended period of time? Um, I th- probably because it would have been, the, I would imagine, it would have been the cost. Yeah. You need you need it right there, right then. And at that point, it's been in high, you know, it's... Amer- America's it? quite a, a strange one, really, isn't it? Oh, because it, it's, it's, such, it's such a big country that it's not really governed by... Like, in the United Kingdom, I know it's like a four nations thing now. Yeah. But generally, it's like a few kind of people making the decisions for... Basically, the what the country's going to do, where it's kind of state-led in America, right? And there's what 51, 52 states. Fifty, I think it's fifty-one. How many stars are on the flag? I think each star re- represents uh, a state. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll say fifty-one. We'll say fifty-one. Final answer: Chris Tarrant. Did yeah, we get through? It? <laughs> it's not even Chris Tarrant doing who's a millionaire anymore. It's I know. Well, Jeremy Clarkson. Oh, yeah, it is. I remember I seen him on there, and I was yeah. like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, <laughs> I was I like, know, "Why right? are you here?" I said, like, "Don't, don't annoy the BBC again." Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Um, so yeah, what bit were you wanting to do next? Well, so soldiers apparently were also quite because obviously we discussed the infant and the elderly, which is quite yeah. a common uh, trend with flu anyway. But soldiers were also prone to suffering, um, you know, fatal consequences as, as a result of the disease because they already had weakened immune systems. Because if you think about it, well, at the time they were. I'm not a hundred. I'm not a hundred percent on how correct this is, but um, I don't know if what the laws were on the drugs back then mm-hmm. because obviously we, we know that generals like to feed their troops up on all kinds to mm-hmm. make them march for longer 
yeah. sleep less, eat less. Yeah, because like, if you think about it, like what affects your immune system? Sleep. Mm-hmm. If you don't get enough sleep, you're going to feel like dirt. Yeah, fatigue. Not eating enough, which obviously rations and all the soldiers, you know, hygiene. Yeah, you yeah, weren't yeah, exactly at a five-star hotel well. in the trenches, were you? So Yeah, and you're constantly wet and dirty all the yeah. time. And you have like one little cut. To us nowadays, one little cut is nothing. Yeah. We, we, all, we all know that's going to... Well, yeah, no antibiotics, no yeah. like steroids and all that other kind of wash stuff. Wash your hand. You could, yeah. Wash your cut and that's all you need to do mm. and you're fine. Back then it wasn't... You, you don't have time. Like, yeah, because you had like, stuff like trench foot and stuff <laughs> like that as well, right? So like getting wet yeah. and not being able to get dry and some really awful conditions. So you can understand why... Breeding ground yeah, disease. Soldiers would probably, you know, target number one for this kind of thing just because of Definitely. how beaten down they were. Mm-hmm. From the whole kind of process of of war, right? Because it's not exactly, it's not exactly a good thing, is it? Right. Like, no, no one, definitely not. No right. one enjoys war. I think it's probably fair to say, right? I would agree with. There's that, probably yeah. like there's probably like people that get excitement of the adrenaline of being in a situation of where like you could die, and I suppose you could probably level and understand that. But no one truly wants to go to the other side of the world or another country, fight people that you don't know that want to kill you because they want to stay alive is as bad. You know, it's the most primal thing on earth trying to stay alive. Well, yeah, exactly. And then to be defeated by a disease. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the scariest part for me is that it's like we said earlier, it's, it wasn't people that killed all those people in the war. Well, it, it was, but you you know, like, like the Spanish flu, like it killed so much more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, that's crazy. And that's a disease that's doing it. And it's all because we just couldn't say, chill for a bit let us fucking sort out our own like country yeah some like measures in place and it was like a a perfect concoction for this to spread because it was literally at the end where everyone was moving back home yeah yeah exactly so yeah it just went everywhere yeah (laughs) (laughs) world war that became worldwide pandemic right that's it that's it so spanish flu is like allowed to run its course as we mentioned so Mm -hmm. Not many places did restrictions. Obviously, you noted a few down there, and people kind of caught on later on. Yeah. But th- it seems like these restrictions are probably pretty more vital when it's just started to be a thing, right? Because mm-hmm. that's how you stop it from um, solidifying itself to yeah. stay around. If that make- You know, when, they, when SARS uh, came out of China in 2003 and they tracked everyone down that was in a South Korean hotel that had... Uh, in a close contact and they tracked everyone around the world and made them quarantine and that killed it in its tracks yeah that's a good response yeah whereas like obviously letting it just kind of run its course lets it have a better chance of well, surviving yeah. you allow it to spread and build and uh, as we know every time it's spread it's it's evolving I think these things evolve they adapt I mean, they're all, they're all parasites. Mm. They're the viruses. It's what they do. And I suppose, <laughs> so like, there's a false sense of security of when it, like, lessened in the summer uh, of... Because every generation is going to be at fault of this because, you know, it's different. Even though it's still humanity, it's a different set of humans, right? Yeah. They're, although I did see a lady that uh, was alive when she was a kid, had Spanish flu, has lived all the way up until now and had coronavirus and beat that as well. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Good on you. Yeah. Strong woman, man. Yeah, shout out. Boom. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, when it got, got to the summer and it lessened in that, because obviously flu and stuff like that, respiratory disease is seasonal most of the time. Yeah. So it will... Uh, people used to say, oh, you know, don't go outside uh, without, like, a coat or something because you'll get a cold. Whereas weather has nothing to do... It does have to do with getting ill, but it's not, it's not the weather that gets you ill. 
like germs get you ill, right? That's well accepted apart from people that like question germ theory, which is just quite bonkers really, isn't it? Like <laughs> Yeah. These are the same people that think we live under a dome. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um so if you like go outside in the cold, don't come into contact with germs, you're not gonna get ill. You're gonna be cold, of course, hypothermia yeah. and all that, but the reason that cold weather affects respiratory uh, and cold and hot weather affects respiratory disease differently is because when it's cold, we're more likely to be in this setting of being inside, not having any windows open, mm-hmm. the air circulating. So if one yeah, of us has it, it's going to be spreading all around the room and it's going to be in all of our faces and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Whereas in the summer, you're more likely to be outside or have a window open or something, right? So that's just nature and our behavior, behavioral, behavioral patterns. Yeah. Trying to get all these pronunciations in today. I'm forgetting that. like simple ones. Uh, so yeah, when it's the summer, you're probably thinking, "Oh, that's the end of it then," because mm-hmm. I suppose we hadn't really, because we've never went through it. Like it's the same for us now, right? In the summer, coronavirus, like you know, it became a very, very less prevalent problem in yeah. 2020 in the summer. Everyone's like, "That's gone. We good." Yeah, and then the winter. It came back. We're not good. Yeah, <laughs> no, it came back with a vengeance like this did. But obviously to a much, 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 much bigger scale. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I can understand why there's, like, complacency about that because every hundred years you're not going to have the same experience than the people before you, right? Because you didn't go through it. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. You know, it's the same, like, none of us probably have an, any idea what suffering or what, like, hardship is. In terms of that, the way we kind of do now with the pandemic because of the restrictions and stuff like that, yeah. we're not used to it, and that's why we react so bad to it. Well, exactly. We're used to just having pure freedom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it'd probably be the same if there was like a world war or, you know, God it's, forbid. It's scary things to think about, though, isn't it? Like, imagine if it did go back to what it was like back then when it was drafts and things. Yeah. And you don't have choices and you're just getting sent off to the different parts of the world and. You don't really know what's actually happening because media is not printing everything because they're being told not to, and yeah, just I would hate, I would, I would be terrified. I would, you know, there probably still is a like. There's obviously way more human rights than there was a hundred years yeah. ago. Like in World in, War One, if you didn't, I can't remember if you didn't jump into no man's land and charge at the enemy, you're getting shot by your superior, right? Yeah. Which obviously doesn't happen anymore. No. Um. Or it's not it's not legal at least. Right? Well, yeah, you know? exactly. And, and not that we know of, it's not being reported. Isn't yeah, it? <laughs> but it was just quite common practice back then. Like that was totally cool because yeah, you were seen as a yeah, exactly. Whereas like now, obviously we have laws and stuff in place, and mm-hmm. like there's more human rights, and more rights recognized of individuals and stuff like that. So nice. <laughs> nice. Always good when there's more rights about. <laughs> Well, are you wanting to do another bit here or shall I read a bit? Uh, go for it, man. I'll, um, I'll talk about the second wave after you've... Yes, Sam. This. So, um, so this bit is titled Legacy, but it's not... It's not exactly. Well, you'll make your mind up, really. But yeah, Legacy. So despite the high morbidity and mortality rates that resulted from the epidemic, the Spanish flu began to fade from public awareness over the decades until the arrival of news about bird flu. Ah, so this is where the H1N1 strain comes back in again, like we discussed earlier, okay. And other pandemics in the 1990s and 2000s. This has led some historians to label the Spanish flu a forgotten pandemic. 
There are various theories of why the Spanish flu was forgotten. The rapid pace of the pandemic, which killed most of its victims in the United States within less than nine months, resulted in limited media coverage. The general population was familiar with patterns of pandemic disease in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. Typhoid, yellow fever, diphtheria and cholera. Nailed them all. <laughs> all no, that, no sympathy towards horrible diseases, as long <laughs> yeah. as we got the pronunciations right. All occurred near the same time. These outbreaks probably lessened the significance of the influenza pandemic for the public, which you can kind of get. You know, I mean, at that point, I'm pretty sure the media was just telling everyone about them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it wasn't being held back. In some areas, the flu was not reported on, the only mention being that of advertisements for medicines claiming claiming to cure it. So this is going back to when medical like businesses. Well, there's always profit to be made out of a crisis, right? I think that's probably always. a well, you know. It's the same with, unfortunately, it's always the same with war. There's mm-hmm. someone who's going to profit massively. And we're quite like an opportunistic species in a way, right? Oh, yeah. Like we see an opportunity to make something mm-hmm. and get something out of it. Mm-hmm. We're going to do it. Yeah. Um, additionally, the outbreak was coincided with the deaths and media focus on the First World War. Another explanation involves the age group affected by the disease. The majority of fatalities from both the war and the epidemic were among young adults. The high number of war-related deaths of young adults may have been overshadowed. The deaths caused by the flu... No, I've read that wrong, sorry. The high number of war-related deaths of young adults may have overshadowed the deaths caused by flu. Okay. There we go. I've added a word then, it just (laughs) made made it all wrong. (laughs) When people read the obituaries... They saw the war or post-war deaths and the deaths from the influenza side by side, particularly in Europe. Where the war's toll was high, the flu may not have had a tremendous physiological impact or may have seemed an extension of the war's tragedies. The duration of the pandemic and the war could have also played a role. Um, The disease would usually only affect a particular area of the... Oh, wow. The disease would usually only affect a particular area for a month before leaving. That's a bit strange. Well, that's, uh, it's all to do with, like, peaks and... Probably with mo- movement of troops as well, yeah. I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, the war, however, had initially been expected to end quickly, but lasted for four years by the time the pandemic struck. Damn. That's... So that's the kind of legacy that that that's left behind, and like like it stated, it only kind of really came back up into question in nineteen mm-hmm. nineties. I suppose like it, I don't think it's a unique case where something gets forgotten, especially over a like, period of hundred yeah. years, right? Like I think it's what you said. It's just this whole thing. They don't want to come out and be like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, we we mm-hmm. we done a bad like one." In a hundred <laughs> years from now, do mm-hmm. you think like? Coronavirus will be fresh. Well, will restrictions have ended by then? Hopefully, wow. uh, but will it still be like fresh in people's minds? It will probably follow the same pattern until the next it'll, one comes it'll, along yeah, it'll again. Be forgotten about. Yeah. It, w- it would be forgotten about. I think. Um, well, I mean, if it happens in ten years, we've got the godsend of us lot are still going to be here. We've been through it before. We kind of yeah, know what to expect, yeah, yeah. you know. But and these things seem to happen in uh, centuries rather than decades, yeah, right? So There's obviously been loads of scares, but. In terms of one that spreads around the world, it seems a pretty common trend of every hundred years that it happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it not something yeah. ridiculous? Like every last hundred years for like seven hundred years, there's been a We've pandemic, a horrible pandemic. Like yeah. Period of time between like the eighteenth year of the century to like the twenty first, twenty second, something like that. It's Crazy, madness. Man. Madness. 
So we kind of touched on how the first wave was quite a moderate thing, followed, it was like a more fatal strain of flu for the yeah. people that are already at risk of flu, as we said, infants and elderly people, mostly. The second wave began in the second half of August 1918, probably spreading to Boston and Freetown, Sierra Leone by ships from Brest, where it had likely arrived with American troops or French recruits for naval training. From the Boston Navy Yard and Camp Devens, later renamed Fort Devens, about 30 miles west of Boston, other U.S. military sites were soon afflicted as were troops being transported to Europe. So this is still the whole troop movement uh, is causing the spread yeah. predominantly. Helped by troop movements that spread over the next two months to all of North America and then to Central and South America, also reaching Brazil and the Caribbean on ships. In July 1918, the Ottoman Empire saw its first cases in some soldiers because we were fighting um, the Ottoman Empire in World War One for a bit as well. Yeah. If you've ever heard of Gallipoli, that kind of ended up as a bit of a disaster for the British yes. Army and whatnot. Well, not just British Army, but Anzacs, Australians and that. They have Anzac Day, don't they? So, uh, From Freetown, the pandemic continued to spread through West Africa along the coast, rivers and the colonial railways, and from railheads to more remote communities. Well, South Africa received it in September on ships bringing back members of the South African Native Labour Corps returning from France. And from there, it's sp- so here's the whole trade and col- uh, colonisation and that that's aiding S- this Same kinda. thing with the Black Plague, wasn't it? Ships and people and mm-hmm. transports. and that's it. From there, it spread around Southern Africa and beyond the Zambezi, reaching Ethiopia in November. On September 15th, New York City saw its first fatality from influenza. Um... The Philadelphia Liberty Loans Parade held in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania on the 20th of September 1918 to promote war uh, to promote government bonds for World War One resulted in 12,000 deaths after a major outbreak of the illness spread among people who had attended the parade. 12,000 from one event. Wait, where was that one? New York City. No, Philadelphia, so, sorry. Yeah, because that, yeah, that they actually full-on refused to cancel that parade, didn't yeah. they? Mass That's gatherings ridiculous. again, yeah. Yeah. From Europe, the second wave swept through Russia in a southwest-northeast diagonal front, as well as being brought to Arkhangelsk. I do not know if I've said that correctly, forgive me, by the North Russian intervention and then spread throughout Asia, because Russia kind of shares a border with Asia, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, following the Russia, Russian Civil War, which was to do with the Red Army and the monarch and that, and they overthrew their monarchy and whatnot. And the Trans-Siberian Railway reaching Iran, where it spread through the holy city of... Mashhad, and then later in uh, India in September, as well as China and Japan in October, the celebrations of the armistice of the 11th of November 1918. So the war obviously officially ends on the 11th. That's what Remembrance Sunday is, and that is yeah. celebrating the end of the First World War and stuff. Also caused outbreaks in Lima and Nairobi, but by December the wave was mostly over. The second wave of the 1918 pandemic was much more deadly than the first, the first wave had resembled typical flu epidemics, which we were saying in the kind of patterns it showed. Those at most at risk were sick and elderly, while younger, healthier people recovered easily. October 1918 was the month with the highest fatality rate of the whole pandemic. In the United States, 292,000 deaths were reported between September and December 1918, compared to 26,000 during the same period in 1915. What is, is that? Let's take 26,000 away from 292. 2,000, what is that? It's 260-something thousand? 
Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. In the space of September, December. How long is that? Three months? Two months, maybe? September to December. Nine yeah. Nine to twelve. So yeah, three months. Three months. Jesus. If then it's only between... Crazy. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I'm yeah. just like, wow. <laughs> we never fail to blow each other's minds yeah. on these episodes. Such a small period of... Sp- oh, wow, okay. The Netherlands reported 40,000 plus deaths from influenza and acute respiratory disease. Bombay reported 15,000 deaths in a population of 1.1 million. The 1918 flu pandemic in India was especially deadly with an estimated 12.5 to 20 million deaths in the last quarter of 1918 alone. That's, that's four months where they just basically lost everyone. Pretty much, yeah. Well, that's what it sounds like anyway. That's yeah, a very significant portion of the country anyway. That's insane. And then you can see why, like, well, I mean, after those things, you got, like, Wall Street depressions and all that, didn't you? I mean, the Wall Street crashes, they started happening. The economy, like, ah, oh, yeah, it just got ruined. I mean, you, yeah. as, a, as a read out, some, some areas of business pro- profit massively people who were in weaponry cosmetics and healthcare that they made a lot of money yeah made so much money um ah yeah yeah it's disgusting (laughs) so so i start thinking about it you just like no so like obviously the second wave it mutated as well into something a bit more aggressive towards healthy people yes and that's probably what's caused the surge because if it didn't discriminate, it doesn't matter who's getting it. Well, like we said, there was that rumored case. Like I must say, it was rumored it might not yeah. have happened. But if it's true that someone caught it the day and then uh, was and deceased died. on the day that they caught it, like that—that's crazy. That could be like the most deadliest thing of all time if that was happening to people. That sounds like someone's just chomping a cyanide pill, doesn't it? Because like in in theory. A virus with a hundred percent kill rate is probably less dangerous than one of what five percent because it's going to kill patient zero and it not spread. You like the thing, yeah. Right? Well, that's just my kind of retarded thinking on it. it, it you know, it's a it's a good th- thought process. It just it just depends on how it can be contracted, though, doesn't it? Exactly. So, um, like the danger of these kind of viruses that don't kill everyone is the thing that they have an incubation period. So that they can find a way to more people that are vulnerable and will kill more people and stuff like that. Yeah. They're clever things. We may not like them, viruses, but they're pretty clever. They are, and they, when they run out of people to infect, they change so they can adapt to us, right? Because that's what we were saying earlier. They want to replicate. Their main goal is to replicate and find as much hosts yeah. as possible. To, they want to evolve, really, yeah. don't they? Is, I think that's what happens, like from what I was saying, every time it gets passed over, it's essentially evolving each time because we're all different. We may have the same organs, but we, we are all technically yeah. you know, different. Well, like if you think about it, we constantly get colds, mm-hmm. flus. This is pre-pandemic. I've only really had one cold, which actually might have been COVID, but I never got tested because I didn't think it was worth it at the time because I didn't have any of the main three. This was before lateral flow and all this was like available yeah. and stuff. I've got to do a lateral flow test. Twice, yeah, a day. same for work. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. gotta do uh, the bad thing is, see, when I have to start first thing in the morning, I'd have to wake up at like four o'clock in the morning. Oh, to do the test, to do the test. I always do it the night before. Minute wait, I'm like, oh, mm. I can't do it the night before because I always forget. Oh, well. always <laughs> forget. So I, end, I, I do one before work and I do one as soon as I get back from work, and then that's it. Well, what is the incubation for 
the incubation period for coronavirus. It's something crazy like two to five days or something like that before you could start show, showing symptoms. They used to just say it was a week. Mm-hmm. They, like, but I think if you wanted to get more technical, you're probably right. I think it could could take two days to manifest. It Once again, it depends on your own immunity and, well, your own health, I'd it's imagine. Like, India, 12.5 to 20 million people in the space of four crazy. months. That is like... There's no way you can control... Like, if that was happening in any country in the world, mm. there's no way you can control it. doesn't care. It doesn't matter how you probably think good your healthcare them. is. Exactly, right? You're, you yeah, just could not purpose. control it. Like, society in India at that time, if that's where the numbers were, would have collapsed mm-hmm. because you've got no hospitals because they can't deal with 20 million people in the space of four months. Well, I mean, hospitals, even in the United States, were turning people away, yeah. weren't they? Mm-hmm. They were actually saying to them, look, we, we can't we can't." Yeah, the big centres. Like, have you ever seen that film, Contagion? No. You should watch it. I think it's on, I think it's on Netflix still. And I watched it during the first... Because, like I said, I got into researching pandemics. And stuff. well, there's nothing else to do. And you take interest in current events and all that, don't it, you? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's, like, these big centres and, like, everyone's lying all on the floor and that. But that's because there's no hospitals and everywhere's overwhelmed, right? Yeah. So that's kind of... There's external consequences of not just getting Spanish flu or the coronavirus or, or whatever disease it may be. If hospitals and that get overwhelmed, mm-hmm. you don't get cancer treatment. Yeah, you exactly. don't get seen for that broken leg. Any other kind of ailment or injury or whatever, you don't have access to. So that's what they call excess deaths, right? Because of the pandemics. Because all I'd, those I'd people be are going to... interested at the number of... What did you call them? Excess, excess, excess deaths. deaths. I'd be I'd be interested at the number of that during that Spanish flu pandemic. Mm. It must have been yeah, bad. Like I seen a guy on TV. You know how you've not been able to see a doctor for yeah, not not in person anyway for long enough. This guy had like what he thought was a chest infection, I believe, mm. and he wanted to see a doctor because it was getting really bad. It wasn't going away, and they would keep prescribing him antibiotics. It wasn't getting rid of it. And I think like the third time that he tried to see a doctor, he demanded to see one in person. And this dude turned out to have cancer, and it, it was like they gave him six months to live. Oh wow! And this is like the stuff that this um, does is like a th- a third party consequence of what being overwhelmed by a disease that has too many people needing attention all at one time does. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're, yeah, you're right. And it's also when they're saying that we're not allowed to be in close proximity with them for, for their own health. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like, I actually do need to see it. Like, for me, I'm not going to sit there and tell a receptionist mm-hmm. over the phone what's the matter with me or why I want yeah. to see the doctor. I'm like, that's none of your business. Like, <laughs> if you're an expert in something, you're going to be much better positioned to explain that to someone in person rather than over Zoom, for example. Well, exactly. And obviously, like those kind of options weren't available during the Spanish flu era. Mm. But, you know, nowadays it's... It's options are there. There are options there. Yeah, but you can't right. explain someone. You can't teach someone a, a college degree on computing via computers. As ironic as that sounds, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know. What I mean, there's something different between online learning and physical learning, mm-hmm. and uh, like you're seeing that because so many people want to go back to physical learning because they don't feel like they're benefiting from online learning and stuff like that through this. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I get that. I do get that. And not just the healthcare stuff, but if you look at this, I mean, I don't know what it would have been like for qualifications and that back in 1918, but schools got closed. Schools have been closed during this as well. People literally just had their exams binned, basically. So that changes someone's future, right? Long Absolutely. after the pandemic's over and stuff like that because they got 
they didn't get a chance to decide their own grades really you know teachers chose them or something like that or it was based on algorithms or someone along the line not algorithms uh or was it algorithms? They they used the computers of their predicted grades were going yeah, to be. It would have been taken off a of mock exams, previous courseworks, and they would have tried to just cobble all that together to give them an overall grade. Which is crazy, right? That it's happened not fair. two years running. So that's gonna be like a generation of people that I would have benefited from something like that because I'm the kind of person where all that prior stuff's easy. Yeah. But put me in an actual exam room. Poof, yeah. my board. <laughs> is that just like a pressure thing, you think? It's uh, well, obviously when I was younger I was never tested for like anxiety or things like mm -hmm. that like now i know i've got anxiety yeah i understand it because it's probably the same with this right because mm -hmm. now we're more comfortable with it because we know we now know it's just it's another day it's just us talking yeah like to begin with we we're really nervous about it why are we nervous about it because we, we talk all the time well, exactly. it's not like we're sweating like oh my god I'm gonna have to talk to this dude in the garage later. <laughs> yeah, they like, obviously like put we, in. A, we know each other; it makes it easier. Yeah, make something different about it, like more official with a camera and microphones and stuff. And mm. has their uh, just added aesthetics. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. That's it. Uh, so yeah, second wave was brutal. It factored in the whole winter thing, so people probably closer together. The troops movement was still going. The trades yeah. were still going, and led to quite a deadly. Second wave, and if it didn't get taken serious the first time, it sure as hell must have been taken serious. Second been time. a bit of eye opener for the the world, mm. or maybe even not though, right? Because how are you going to know about it? Was the embargo still? Because the wars just ended in the winter. Yeah, it was eleventh of November, so September and October the war's still going on. People are still moving, yeah. and that's probably when the majority of people are coming home for like Christmas and stuff like that, right? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. We're going to have to fi find out, Ryan. Yeah, <laughs> right. Third wave, 1919. In January 1919, a third wave of the Spanish flu hit Australia, where it killed around 12,000 people following the lifting of a maritime quarantine. Uh, do you know what maritime means? Maritime's normally, um, I believe, is to do with, like, sea. Right, okay. So, like, it was stopping the links of it, the virus getting into the country I think it'd be and stuff like, like naval that. bases think of like ships and dockyards yeah. and stuff so they'd be having people quarantining on their ships and stuff before yeah okay that makes sense and then spread quickly through Europe and the United States where it lingered through the spring and until June uh, 1919 so this lasted over two seasons right so it was winter and spring it primarily affected Spain Serbia so Spain did get it bad at some point all oh, right but it didn't originate three. from Spain <laughs> Mexico and Great Britain Great Great Britain got all of, all the waves, resulting in hundreds and thousands of deaths. It was less severe than the second wave, but still much more deadly than the initial first wave. So this is like a middle ground between the first is and the second. Is this when it's had enough time to incubate? Yeah. And like, yo, I'm growing. Yeah. <laughs> in the United States, isolated outbreaks occurred in some cities, including Los Angeles, New York City, Memphis, Nashville, San Francisco, which was the anti-mask and not the city itself, but the movement yeah. of the anti-mask was there, and St. Louis. Overall, American mortality rates were in the tens of thousands during the first six months of 1919. So, it's weird how these things change, right? Because they're always changing, and we don't know which way they're going to go. They're either going to go this way, and mutate into something more um, fatal, or, or more moderate, right? So, first wave, it was worse than seasonal flu, mm -hmm. but it wasn't the like the absolute horror story that the second wave was yeah and then the third wave wasn't as bad as the second wave but it was still bad because it was way worse than the first wave so yeah it's it it's yeah. like a winding 
road of possibilities <laughs> yeah. with viruses, really, isn't it? Well, it, well, I think that's that's what's scary about it. you. Know, you can't have a conversation with the virus and be like, "What's your plan? Yeah. What, why, why are <laughs> you doing this? What do you this? plan to yeah, do? Like, where, where do you want to go?" <laughs> do you know that Philadelphia? We were talking about this mass gathering thing. Yeah. The, the, just to relate to some of their stats. I nearly dropped my Lucas head there. <laughs> <laughs> American city Philadelphia had 10 times more bodies than coffins, according to claims. That doesn't surprise me. That's what happens when you get that, people who are like, I'm not going to listen. That's literally to the point. Like, have you ever seen the films like 28 weeks later? Yes. I know it's not quite that, but it's it's to the point of, you know where like you see the bodies piling up? There's more. There's just there's like in the streets yeah. and stuff. There's more dead than there is alive. Right. Two seconds, we'll be back in a brief moment. We're back. I did say to John that we would have to take a little intermission for parcels getting delivered to my house, but through the magic of editing, you will not have to sit through that, <laughs> and you're right back with us. Uh, so, yeah, we were just talking about Philadelphia, right, and how there was the ten times more bodies in coffins, which is a frightening uh, scenario to be in, right? Like, we are just talking about, like, you see it in films, like, 28 weeks later, which is, like, obviously a... A sensationalized pandemic to this, you know, it's it's a disease, but it's not. It's more like zombies and stuff like that, right? Yeah. And like there's, but because it's so infectious and stuff, they see all the bodies and the high fatality rate and stuff piling up and burning the bodies, and that's kind of what would have to happen. That's what was happening with the plague. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, if you ain't got, well, yeah, I mean, if there's no one to claim the bodies either, that I'm pretty sure that's why, like, for war. Memorials, they end up putting loads and loads of names on like a wall or something, don't they? Because mm-hmm. unfortunately, there's well, there's no body to bring back. Yeah, and I'd imagine they might not be able to be claimed if they're just civilians. You know, I think that was one of the scariest things for people to think about when we didn't exactly know what coronavirus was. March mm-hmm. 2020, and it started kind of getting real. Was was it going to get this bad? Well, exactly, because like that's the kind of stuff that would live with you forever. Like, you see, like, we talk about, you know, you go through traumatic experiences in your life. That would have been one of them. Oh, without a doubt. Do you know what I mean? Have you seen, like, bodies on the street or something like that? Yeah, it'd be a very horrifying sight, that's for sure. Not something you want to see every day. And then, obviously, you're going to get people who, unfortunately, in that time, would probably be growing a little bit numb to that because Mm. it's it's all that was happening. Yeah. That's another scary thought is some people would have probably got used to it. Well, even now, right? There's got to be people that have been institutionalized in the way that we're that we have been living for the last eighteen months with the restrictions and that, just because it's been quote unquote the new life. normal, right? Yeah. And like bringing me on to my next point, uh, well, talking point: restrictions cause civil unrest, which we've already kind of went into a little bit. Yeah, it's the same that's happening now. So the people were trying to resist the whole restrictions thing because we're social beings, right? Mm. And we don't want to be taken out of our natural habitat. That's it. We, the, I've always, I've said it from day one. The issue we've all had is we don't like not having a choice. Mm-hmm. Like we all cry freedom, blah blah blah. And we all we all want to be safe, yeah. but we all want to have our own choice back. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it, it's you can't have both because you can because go without we, we seeing can't be people. Trusted. We can't be trusted to have our own choice back mm-hmm. and then to still follow certain guidelines yeah. to help keep people safe. We can't. We can't do them both for some. And that's reason. why, like stuff like this, is such a difficult thing to mitigate and maneuver around because yep. you know you can stay away from people on that and be happy with your choice if it's your choice. Exactly. But something becomes hard when it's in 
there is no external, choice. you've got to do this. Yeah. It's the same with anything. I don't know. Like, Rebellion. Not even, <laughs> like, you know, giving up crisps or something. Or, mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you decide to do that and you're comfortable with that decision, I know it's a very different thing than what we're talking about just now. No, but I see your But points, it relates yeah. into everything, right? It's all to do with your own thought process, isn't it, really? Like, mm-hmm. when you feel like your choice is taken away, you're just sat there angry. Yeah. And you're like, I don't I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Why don't you like it? Because you would do it if you had the choice. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I would, because it would be my choice, but it's not my choice. Like, if you weren't... being enforced by the man. Yeah. <laughs> if you decided you were staying in night and weren't going to the pub, for example, mm-hmm. but then we're told you couldn't go to the pub anyway, even if you wanted to, then that's Pro, when it yeah. would probably become an issue for you, right? Exactly. But I, well, now I want to go to the pub. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> though. But that's the, that's the thing, and we're never going to change from that because yeah. our origins have always been personal contact even though we're getting more digital on that now I'm telling you viva la revolution yeah <laughs> <laughs> but still though right like this is why it's such a difficult scenario because of the things that they they put in place to control mm-hmm. or to stop things being overwhelmed and stop uh tragedies happening yeah in terms of numbers and overwhelm and all this kind of stuff is like poison for humans mm-hmm. and it's something that they're going to hate and be aggressive against it's like when i was down in gloucester when covid was happening and it was all gloucester was really bad for it we had really heavy restrictions and it was the whole one walk a day unless and like you're not really allowed to be seen out your house unless you are a key worker yeah but they can't really police that right because they can't oh they 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 really tried to i I would imagine in like more bigger cities like like you were in Mm -hmm. because it's more of a populated area whereas yeah, like yeah. in Lossy the police stations will be open right, three days a week do you know what I mean yeah. so in Gloucester oh trust me it's full time um, mm-hmm. and yeah you know like I'm, I'm walking down the street and I've got my jacket on they can't see that I've got my, my work fleece on underneath mm-hmm. and I'm getting stopped and I'm like what and they're like where, where are you going I'm like mm-hmm. well to be fair it's none of your business secondly this is my first yeah. walk of the day and it's do you know what I mean you get defensive this, this is where there is a fine line between uh, non-pharmaceutical medical interventions or whatever the official title is for them are very, very similar mm-hmm. to what a draconian dictatorship would put in place, right? Yeah. And this is where people are like, they're, they don't trust people having that power yeah. because when people get power... They go mental. Well, not just that, <laughs> but they're very unlikely to give it up, right? Well, yeah, Trump. <laughs> yeah. He took well, a while. Yeah, he so. went, yeah. That's something that we're going to have to talk about on Seshcast oh, when yeah. we review the year, because that started right at this... I remember, like, getting up, it was, like, what, 5th of January or something? It was right after New Year. You're still kind of thinking it's the holiday period. Yeah. You're just, you're coming to terms of it. You're like, oh, no, I've got to go back to normal life for 12 months. <laughs> and then that happened. I just woke up, and I'm like... What is going on yeah, right now? Like, why is this even happening? Why are police officers getting pepper sprayed and chased into their own political building? Like, <laughs> literally, they're meant to have the best defense system in the world and they literally just got run up on. And like some big orange dudes saying, oh, they're in there, go get them. Go get stuff. them, the head of the spear. Yeah, <laughs> and he was, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that that's never going to change. And this is where it's, you know, I can see where people feel scared about having these things in place because does it then just become what it is you know well i mean you get why the the world wants to impose some things on civilians Mm -hmm. is because without civilians as we've seen they have no workforce yeah there is no way of making any money Mm -hmm. 
So they need to keep us safe somehow. It's, it's not for a nice thing, yeah. you know, at, at the end of the day, which is a really poopy thing to say, mm-hmm. but it's not for a nice thing. It's well, because you, we're, all, we're all digits. We are all digits yeah, and we exactly. all contribute all stats, and we man. all give them money. Mm-hmm. And without us, they get none of it. And you've got you've got to acknowledge the kind of inequalities that happen. I mean, there's inequalities anyway, normal day life, but inequalities that happen during a pandemic in the terms of big business, mm-hmm. probably allowed to keep trading. Like back then it was... Uh, soap factories and all this kind of stuff yeah. but small business like retail shops and you know maybe shop markets and local shop owners at that time they're closed yeah and it's kind of the similar what's happened that's because i had to charge people as we as we've seen wheelbarrows full of cash yeah for one loaf of bread yeah <laughs> that was because the inflation just went through the roof didn't yeah. it that's mental like you well, you've seen it the wheelbarrow say the wheelbarrow rims up to here people Stack of cash was up to here, and it was strapped on with bungee cords. I mean, I started <laughs> getting bothered when Freddo's passed the twenty p mark. I know. Imagine <laughs> getting a, like a wheelbarrow of cash to go get a Freddo from the co-op. Is that I've just broke into Fortnox and <laughs> stole all this? I need my loaf of bread. I've got one thousand gold for <laughs> that Freddo. <laughs> yes. Wow, man. A Freddo and a few rumors, if you don't mind. Well, well, that's it. That's it. And I swear down, if we ever go into anything like that, then. Cadbury's, you need to sort your stuff out. Or cra- <laughs> well, Cadbury's are owned by Kraft now, right? An American company. Oh. We can go into a big business podcast down the road. It's all good. Yeah. We'll but like, it's out. the same now in terms of small business had to close, but Amazon and all oh, these the big bigger ones. brands that could Booming. do digital and all this kind of stuff got to take all that kind of profit. I actually seen something on Facebook the other day um, about businesses and like how many more subscribers how many more downloads they've had from the beginning of the pandemic to where we are now in it and it's 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 high numbers things like netflix are like like half a Mm. million new subscribers you're like what yeah (laughs) like wow and then like audible um they're the same Ah, all of these things have anything that you say is digital boomed totally boom we all know why disney done disney plus yeah we know why that's happened. Mm. <laughs> like we're not stupid. But like, it, obviously, it's totally different for the Spanish flu. Oh yeah, it's the same. They, they but obviously, you don't have like Zoom and Netflix yeah, and all exactly. that kind of stuff. It's more like who had more money like to Broadway adapt shows. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And apparently, the advice that was given the Spanish flu was all often misleading. Yeah. Which, again, you could kind of say with the coronavirus again in a different way. Obviously, like the the. We don't need loads of toilet You know, roll. you had the <laughs> pre- yeah. president of the United States going, we're going to try bleach. Is that yeah. what we're going to do and stuff? God. And Boris was like, I'm you shaking. People I'm, voted him I'm in. Shaking, <laughs> I'm shaking uh, coronavirus patients' hands and that. And surprise, surprise, he got coronavirus and was hospitalized himself. So. That's because we're all just really clever. Yeah, no, we're, we're actually so superior. That's it. And we're so we smart. We'll top just, of the food chain, yeah. people. <laughs> God help us. Men in power. Right, shall we get onto this fourth wave then? Yeah, I, I br- we've already been going for an hour, well. ten minutes. Time flies when you're lost in the the pages of history. Oh. Fourth wave of nineteen twenty. So uh, this, so they went like six months. Summer came, and this the this didn't happen until the spring of nineteen twenty. So they went through a winter, and it didn't really come back, and then. For some reason, it came back spring 1920. Like we said, viruses don't make a lot of sense to us from a logic point of view, but they're yeah. doing their thing. 
In spring 1920, a fourth wave occurred in isolated areas, including New York City, Switzerland, Scandinavia, and some South American islands. New York City alone reported 6,374 deaths between December 1919 and April 1920, almost twice the number of the first wave in spring 1918. Other U.S. cities, including Detroit, Milwaukee, Kansas City, Minneapolis, and St. Louis, were hit particularly hard, with death rates higher than all of 1918. Peru experienced a late wave in early 1920, and Japan had one from late 1919. Also, it did come back in the winter. Forget what I said there then. <laughs> to 1920, with the last cases in March. In Europe, five countries, Spain, again, Denmark, Finland, Germany, and Switzerland, pardon me, recorded a late peak between January and April 1920. Despite its name, historical and epidemiological data cannot identify the geographic origin of the Spanish flu. Just going into, like... Uh, epidemiology in that one of the documentaries i watched on amazon prime a few months ago to do with spanish flu uh i was telling you about the native american towns uh where like they had like a kill rate of four out of five of the family would like get it because it would go through these uh, communities and that Mm -hmm. uh he went back and like went to some like wasn't like it was like graves and that and like took some of the virus because the virus was still like alive yeah, but it couldn't infect anyone. But the part like the dormant, yeah, that's what you're yeah. for. So like that's crazy. Like that's over a hundred years later they went back and did that, and that's that's nuts. To like yeah, because they still don't really understand it. Oh yeah, we don't because as, as, as we know that it couldn't really be recorded. Yeah, because it's than just visual. By the time that it was over, yeah, we just kind of forgot about it. Like we said, forgotten pandemic, and then obviously the kind of consequences of it all didn't really get mainstream attention until. Modern day. Yeah, modern day flus. <laughs> However, several theories have been proposed. Uh, United States. So this is the whole kind of blame game, it looks like. Ah, uh, the potential origin. Which has happened again. So, you know, it's a carbon copy. Every oh, time. Yeah. He done it. She yeah. done it. No, that person over there done it. He built it in his shed. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, America was saying, like, China was at fault for it. And China was saying, no, it was actually your military that did an exercise over here or something and brought it to... I remember what it was. It was one of the Olympic Games. It was not the military Olympic Games or something like that. I swear down, if that military is out of Kansas, then I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> the first confirmed cases originated in the United States. Historian Alfred W. Crosby stated in 2003 that the flu originated in Kansas. And author John M. Barry described the January 1918 outbreak in Haskell County, Kansas, as the point of the origin in his 2004 article. A 2018 study of tissue slides and medical reports led by Edvard Munch, uh, self-portrait with the Spanish flu, 1919. Oh, right, okay, that's just saying that there's a a self-portrait and I deleted the pictures, never mind. Uh, Europe, Egon Scheele, painted a few days before his death, just, oh, that's another, (laughs) sorry, I I didn't delete the captions that I deleted the photos with. Um, The major UK troops staging and hospital camp in Etaples in France, or Etaples, has been theorised by virologist John Oxford as the being the centre of the Spanish flu. His study found that in late 1916, the Etapolis camp was hit by the onset of a new disease with high mortality rate that caused symptoms similar to flu. So that this is claiming that this originated in 1916 on the European battlefield, mm-hmm. but it never became a pandemic till 1918. Which is normally how things like that happen anyway, isn't it? But do you think that it could have survived for a couple of years? Just going around... 
in its pockets and then just exploded. Well, it's like we said, and if you'd gone on about that's going on about like you said, like we've been it? saying that the viruses are smart, right? So it probably wouldn't put it past it to wait, wait for its chance to replicate on a. Well, obviously, most of them need like a good habitat to breed. Yeah, don't they? If you, if you, if you think of anything biological, we all need a habitat comfy habitat to breed in so i mean if we don't have that normally we die off or in a virus case it can fall dormant mm -hmm. so maybe it just fell dormant or maybe it needed all of that time to evolve you know into what was the spanish flu or the influenza pandemic or the influenza virus sorry according to oxford a similar outbreak occurred in march 1917 an army barracks in aldershot and military pathologists later recognised these outbreaks as the same disease as the Spanish flu. So this is a year before it became a worldwide pandemic and all that. The overcrowded camp and hospital at Etaples was an ideal environment for the spread of a respiratory virus. The hospital treated thousands of victims of poison gas attacks and other casualties of war, and 100,000 soldiers passed. Through the camp every day, it was also home to a piggery and poultry was regularly brought in from surrounding villages to feed the camp. And we were mentioning these are the two animals that are most associated with um, like, well, transferring these, yeah. carrying these diseases and us eating them. Yeah. Oxford and his team uh, postulated uh, that a precursor virus harbored in birds, mutated and then mitigated to pigs kept near the front. It's crazy how they, it didn't even just come from one. It was a bird and then it went to a pig, then to us. Allegedly. Don't know if that's the... A report published in 2016 in the Journal of the Chinese Medical Association found evidence that the 1918 virus had been circulating in the European armies for months and possibly years before the 1918 pandemic. Political scientist uh, Andrew Price-Smith published the data from the Austrian archive suggesting the influenza began in Austria in early 1917. A 2009 study in influenza and other respiratory viruses found that Spanish flu mortality simultaneously peaked within the two-month period of October and November 1918 in all 14 European countries analysed, which is inconsistent with the pattern that researchers would expect if the virus had originated somewhere in Europe and then spread outwards. Okay, in 1993, Claude Hanoun, the leading expert on the Spanish flu at the Pasteur Institute, asserted the precursor virus was likely to have come from China. So this is the blame game again, right? Yeah. And then mutated in the United States near Boston and from there spread to Brest, France, Europe's battlefields and the rest of Europe and the rest of the world with allied soldiers and sailors as the main uh, disseminators. Hanoun considered several alternative hypotheses of origins such as Spain, <laughs> Kansas and Brest. Uh, do you think he just heard Spanish flu? It was like... Perhaps Spain. Spain. <laughs> but not <Spain>. likely. <laughs> so. In 2014, historian Mark Humphreys argued that the mobilisation of 96,000 Chinese labourers to work behind the British and French lines might have been the source of the pandemic. But yet again, we've, dis we've kind of discussed this. There's a common trend of flu seems to come from the Americas mm -hmm. and like coronavirus stuff seems to come from Asia. Asia side, it, yeah. You know. Humphreys of the Memorial uh, University of Newfoundland in St. John's based his conclusions on new unearthed records. He found ar archival evidence that a respiratory illness that struck northern China where the laborers came from in November 1917 was identified a year later by Chinese health officials as identical to the Spanish flu. However, no tissue samples have survived for modern-day comparison. Nevertheless, there were some reports of respiratory illness on parts of the path the laborers took to get to Europe, which also passed through North America. 
One of the few regions of the world seemingly less affected by the Spanish flu pandemic was China, where several studies have documented a compar- comparatively mild flu season in 1918, although this is disputed due to lack of data during the warlord period seen around the globe. This has led to speculation that the Spanish flu pandemic originated in China, as the lower rates of flu mortality may be explained by the Chinese population's previously acquired immunity to the flu virus. So they're saying that the reason that they didn't get hit bad with it is because they had a herd immunity to it already. A report published in 2016 in the Journal of the Chinese Medical Association found no evidence that the 1918 virus was imported to Europe via Chinese and Southeast Asian soldiers and workers and instead found its evidence of the circulation in Europe before the pandemic. The 2016 study suggested the low flu mortality rate, an estimated 1 in 1,000, found among the Chinese and Southeast Asian workers. Europe meant that dead... Uh, in Europe, meant that the deadly 1918 influenza pandemic could not have originated from those workers. Further evidence against the disease being spread by Chinese workers was that workers entered Europe through other routes that did not result in a detectable spread, making them unlikely to have been the original hosts. Evolutionary biology professor Michael Warobi found evidence against the disease originating from Kansas, as those cases were milder and had fewer deaths compared to the infections in New York City in the same period. The study did find evidence through phylogenic analysis or pylogenic analysis i have no idea what that word is so apologies if i butchered that we've already kind of been through this slaughtered that the virus likely had a north american origin though it was not conclusive in addition the hagmaglutintin glycoproteins of the virus suggest that it originated long before 1918 and other studies suggest the reassortment of the h1n1 virus likely occurred in or around 1915 And then it has, like, World War One uh, has made the argument that the virus helped tip the balance of power in the latter days of the war towards the Allies, suggesting that the Germans got it first, and mm-hmm. so on and, and so forth. So that, that's kind of a mouthful that I've, I've read through there. Um, so I'm going to quickly just add a few little things, because obviously, as you were reading it out, I've realised that we have the exact, essentially the exact same script in front of us, so <laughs> I, was, I was able to follow it. Um, but on some of the pictures that are actually on there obviously we can't really show you but for example this one's um, got the caption of 1918 chicago newspaper headlines reflect the mitigation strategies such as increased ventilation arrest for not wearing face masks sequenced inoculations which is this is all things that we have on the go right now isn't it yeah exactly yeah um limitations on crowd size selective closing of businesses curfews and lockdowns um, now on this on this spread, I'm just all I'm going to do is just read the titles because they're pretty much the only things that are actually readable on this. Okay. Um, so police raid saloons in war on influenza. Keep church windows open. I, I thought that's because they, they back then you couldn't argue with people in their religion. You mm-hmm. you, you you couldn't tell them they weren't allowed the, the church. Yeah, you know how much the church owned and how mm-hmm. much power the church has. So yeah. Non-essential crowds barred in epidemic war. So it's not just a war overseas. It's a war on your front doorstep against an epidemic. Um, Grip vigilance still needed. Health order dorms lodge whole cobwebs. Oh, health order. Yeah, health order dorms lodge whole cobwebs. I don't get that fully, but... 
Maybe maybe it's a riddle that we've got to solve. Yeah. Flew curfew to sound for City Saturday night. Draft men to be first inoculated for f- for flu. That's something I didn't know. That's no, neither did I. No. Mm. Open well, face sneezers to be arrested. <laughs> and actually saying that on, on the documentary that you you showed that you told me to watch, mm-hmm. you know how we've got our masks. Did yeah. you did you see the actual nose mask? They had it. It's like a little bit of string just went across like walking, yeah, and yeah, it literally yeah. just sat over their nose. Mm. And I was like. No, and then you had like the the bigger ones that were kind of like hanging down. They were like it's almost like snoots. Yeah, mm-hmm. like them snoot things, isn't it? It's like, like they're a bunch of highway men. Yeah, <laughs> stand yeah. And deliver, <laughs> sir. So yeah, like I said, I just wanted to add that that little bit on. I was reading some of them myself, and I thought church windows must stay open. Says Ro- like obviously that's obviously I'm guessing the mayor, but says Robertson. It's just like that is what they say about Corona now. Yeah, it's make sure you've got it. Make sure you got a window open. Yeah, ventilation. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. Ventil- exactly. Ventilation. If for whatever reason that there's a gathering, at least let there be ventilation. Yeah, because then it recycles the air, so the we particles are not going to be the same. Yeah. So they had some good thoughts on it. They, they really did. Um, so yeah, it's quite quite impressive. Like some states, at least, cared mm-hmm. enough to put these in place. As we know, some states did, but late. <laughs> and, uh, a lot of people were like, "Let's just see what happens here." Yeah. <laughs> Plead ignorance. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. Uh, so after the, the pandemic ended, quote unquote, it led to better healthcare, like we've mentioned, thus bettering life expectancy. That's because we put a lot of money towards it. After yeah. So we realized soap was more important. accessible. Like we were talking about hygiene and that earlier. Mm-hmm. But not only that, the economy bounced back like a house on fire because obviously business was opening for that again. Yeah. Obviously that it took a nosedive as well after with the nineteen twenty nine Wall Street crash for. Mm-hmm. We will have to. That can be our next history. Hour. That that needs <laughs> to be our next one. Wall Street. <laughs> so. yeah. Just us in suits. Are we gonna? Have you got a suit? I'm definitely gonna do. The, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be swinging from the chandelier. I'm up for Woo. it. If we do Wall Street X, I will do it in my suit. And you see, I, I have a waistcoat. That's like the best I can. Put well, yeah, good. We're, on. we're only gonna see the top half anyway. So bring the waistcoat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's and we'll, it. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, blag our ways. As somehow related to Wall Street, or we'll just do it for you. Want to buy this? <laughs> you know, you want to buy this. Then you're going to give me 10 grand for giving you such a good deal. Sell me this pen. Um, <laughs> yeah. I had to do that for a job interview. You know, that I actually went in for a salesman job and he gave me a calculator and went, Sell me that. Oh. And I was like, Let's do this. I, uh, have you ever heard of Thomas Skinner? No. He's like the guy that was on The Apprentice. He was like a really like cockney dude, but he's got like a great energy about him. He's like, all right, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but like, he was talking about how he did it on The Apprentice. Like, he had to do something like, sell, sell me this. Mm-hmm. And it was like, a lot of people, like, it, it wasn't something too, like, glamorous. Mm-hmm. And, like, people were like, oh, well, this is actually really good. And all, you know, kind of, you know, casual stuff. And Tom Thomas Skinner uh, said, well, how much would you pay for that? And they were like, I don't know, a pound. And he went, sold. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was genius. So it was like, if I ever have to do something like that, that's what I am using. That's it. So, yeah, the teachings of Thomas Skinner, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. That's it. Apparently he's got a really good mattress business as well, so. Oh, wow. Uh, the more you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the tangent corner again. We're going, we're bran- the branch corner. That's <laughs> it, that's it. Rabbit um, But yeah, the pa- uh, this basically created the American middle class as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it obviously brought people that maybe couldn't access stuff like soap and that before. Yeah, up a level and made it more kind of accessible. And then, like you've seen all the 
people celebrating the war ending, celebrating this ending, massive gatherings are okay again, and yeah, so on and so forth. And then we had like what twenty years break before the whole World War Two started, and that, and well, not not even that, nine years before the Wall Street crash and the Great Depression, and yeah, exactly, so on and so forth. Well, it's that, quite crazy. Like the Wall Street crashed. Wall Street crashed twice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't get how something like Wall Street just crashes. It's weird how like I don't get it. It like it's kind of a similar pattern because mm-hmm. it was. We're doing really well. We're going to crash and screw everyone over. World <laughs> War, then pa- uh, pandemic, then economy collapse, mm-hmm. another world war. Whereas, you know, in our century, it's been a couple wars, not exactly world wars. Mm-hmm. Um, the economic collapse of two thousand eight. Yeah, pandemic now. So hopefully we haven't got a world war in the offing. I swear down, Joe Biden, if you drag us into your, your <laughs> stuff, then that, yeah, that's it. We're over, my man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want your truths nor your facts. <laughs> but yeah, we've been going for like an hour and a half now. I know, not bad, actually. Time flies, man. It's just, the Spanish flu, it's, it was an interesting documentary. Like, um, very, very horrible um, for the whole world to go through, you know. It was dev- absolutely devastating. But obviously, like the the as you stated, there were some good things to come out at the end of it, which yeah. were the major advancements in in medical and well cosmetics, essentially yeah. in healthcare hygiene. How much more we promoted it, how we were telling people it was actually being spread. Like we had a bit of knowledge, you know. We we managed to actually inform people correctly. <laughs> we managed to make things safe, well, safe-ish for the time, anyway. Do you ever think that we'll ever learn our lessons from previous events? Unless we get someone who is like got that on like in their mind because and comes is, into power, it is within not our chance. power to like leave it for future generations. Because you know stuff gets recorded, mm-hmm. everything gets recorded now, right? Well, this is recorded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Maybe they'll I, listen I'm, to this. I mean, more like data and stuff. Like, obviously, YouTube's probably not going to be a thing in a hundred years. There'll be something else because time moves on. YouTube and Spotify and that they'll replace it with something else. It's just evolution, right? Well, you think that, but I mean, as long as there's always a big company controlling it, mm-hmm. the big company just replaces a person. Yeah, but like this, this kind of content. I'm not saying we've replaced TV because we were, you know, we're at 43, but humble 43 subscribers, and and shout out to the two American listeners on whoop, whoop. on Spotify, Google Podcast, and and all that kind of stuff, and the Belgian listeners and the Belgian, as well. That's it. Hell we're yeah, a very inclusive you. podcast. Thank yeah. you. We're loving for it. Your support. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, if you. It was obviously radio, mm-hmm. then it was TV, then, you know, the phone became the TV, basically, and TV's now the radio, yeah. and now, like, you know, the podcasting is, it is like radio. Like, the first kind of podcasting that I kind of remember, and it was more of a radio show, show was Howard Stern. Yeah? Yeah. You ever heard of Howard I Stern? I have heard of Howard Stern, that's what I'm it, It's like, crazy, because, huh. like, some of the microphones I'm looking at getting for us in the future, like the Shures and that, which are, like, £400 a pop, mm. obviously you can get them cheaper if someone's, like, selling them on Gumtree or something. Yeah, well, that's, that's what you want. Yeah, <laughs> so. like, I've seen them in, like, the 90s when he started up and stuff, so it's crazy how, like, even though we've, you know, advanced in technology, uh, tech, When something's the best, they don't want to stay the best. Yeah, day, yeah, don't yeah, they? yeah. So some things do never change, but I do think... Things were better made back then. Though. Yeah. Like, for example, we're gonna we're gonna use a stand for an example. Yeah. Like this mm-hmm. this stand back back way back when would probably be about three inches thicker. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because so like, there is gonna be more money went into it. I do think there is gonna be lasting effects of the pandemic that we're in right now. Oh yeah. 
Definitely. Like in terms of like mask wearing and hand hand yeah. sanitizers, that stuff is always going to sell. Yeah, because well, Japan took it on board, so they actually did take something from the because you've said pandemic. you said yourself. Whilst our own pandemic's been going on and we've all been wearing masks, well, mm-hmm. since I've I've been taking it a lot more serious, I take my mask with me everywhere. It's, you know, it's, it's in my pocket. Mm-hmm. On my, no, it's on the chair, sorry. Um, and I, I do, I take it everywhere with me. And since I've been wearing that mask, I've not actually fallen ill. I've had a sneeze now and again, but it's nothing, you know. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's just dust. Um, but I, I never, I, I've not had a cold or, or a flu. I'm a bit like, I'm quite surprised. Last winter you know? was the first time that I never got ill. Mm-hmm. In like my life, yeah, yeah. And I had I, I got ill in March, but I don't know what that was because I don't know. I'm like I said, I'm no expert and whatever. Yeah. But the thing that was weird about me being ill in March was that I was ill for a day, and then it just went away. Yeah, and I'd never strange. beaten something that quickly. But then it came back. Whereas normally, you kind of get like a tickle in your throat, and you know. It's always after it's, you go to bed and you wake up the next day. Yeah. yeah, it's like you wake up the next day and it's worse and then worse and worse and then it gets better, 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 right? Whereas this went away, came back, went away, and then it went from a sore throat and a blocked nose to me coughing. Oh right, for like a week and a half, just kept on rebounding back to you. Yeah, so I don't know what it was. Like I said, I, it wasn't. I didn't think it was a continuous cough at the time, but. It's very vague that, like, what is a continuous cough? Well, that's uh, with me. A continuous cough is when you cough that much, you can't breathe enough, yeah. and you throw up because yeah. you're mm-hmm. actually you're just coughing and yeah. coughing and coughing and coughing. And it wasn't that, but at the same time, I had headaches. That's apparently a symptom now. Because yeah. I, like that. when COVID first happened, I think that's well, we said this in our own COVID episode. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I contracted coronavirus, and I sat. We actually ordered our test, which took three days to actually be able to order one, mm-hmm. and it gets sent by Amazon, which was. Really, really strange, but anyway. And then it didn't even give you exactly a leaflet on what you're supposed to do with this one bloody cotton swab. And yeah. I was like, I was just looking at it thinking, right, so... Uh, uh, well, that's uh, another uh, thing uh, that we've got to probably take into account. They probably didn't have tests for Spanish flu. They didn't. They didn't so they? I guess they just diagnosed cases based so off symptoms. It would have been with sight, temperature. I wonder if like, you could be asymptomatic with Spanish flu because if it just disappeared, it would kind of suggest that the world had built up an immunity to uh, it, that it wasn't, yeah. So, obviously we have a lot more stuff to kind of keep track on tabs of it now, and we have a lot in terms of like disease. Kind of and prevent as well, yeah, right? not just like the vaccines and stuff, it's, you know, dexamethasone, they've got that, uh, is it monoclonal antibodies or something in America? Yeah. That's the stuff that Trump got, and he eats like KFC every day, so <laughs> if it keeps him alive, we've probably all got a good chance if we're in a bad place, right? But like you know, you know, I'm, I've had both the vaccines, and I, I know I'm kind of surrendering my medical autonomy there. But you know, whatever, yeah. I'm comfortable. Uh, and you know, someone was in my house. I was around them for a period of. I had to isolate, and I've got, I've got gripes about that. But you know, that's <laughs> yeah. a story for another day. Um, where I was around this person for seven hours, give or take, inside, and then this person tested positive a day later, two days later, whatever it was, and I didn't get it. So yeah, it obviously must have some effect because we were literally like having a cigarette in that little utility room. It's just through there, which yeah, it's not not a very not a ventilated room. place. Is yeah. it? So, yeah, but, it's uh, close proximity. I remember, like, some of the cases of Spanish flu, man, like, 
Insane. It, obviously, the, the thing that's the scariest thing when it comes to respiratory disease, if it gets really serious, is like you develop pneumonia, which is like basically so what was happening drowning on your own mucus and stuff like that. Yeah, you end up and I think like some lungs. of it was that violent. It, it would the pressure would build up to the person's head, so like blood would come out their ears and that just oh. because of all the they couldn't get the oxygen going and stuff. That's not that's not pleasant. That is going back to what we were yeah. saying about the twenty eight days later bodies. Mm. That's probably what it would have started looking like. And it's not a but they had them in like massive hangers, didn't they? Like yeah, it was yeah, for the yeah. quarantine, which I understand, but it was more like prisoners of war camp mm. style. It's like you need to be in here isolated from people where there's gonna be a skeleton shift to protect us. From your disease? Well, they had people sitting on the floors, right? Uh, lying on the floors. All the ill, because the, the hospitals and that were overwhelmed. That's what I mean. Then, that, like, say they set up, like, warehouse. It was essentially pop-up Yeah, hangers, it was just, it was, it? like, space, really, storage space. Yeah, to, and yeah. Some, of, some of them were just put up purely mm. for that reason. Yeah. Um, but then again, when you think about it, all these businesses went out of business, but they wouldn't allow the people somewhere nice, relatively protected to stay. <laughs> they, they, they That's the they thing, could, you know, like, They could have done, like, quarantined blocks yeah you know? like, like they're doing at the moment with the corona they've got yeah. the corona hotels yeah fair enough you are paying through the nose for that mm -hmm. but unfortunately like as we all know there's money to be made in a crisis yeah and i think you see in crises in general there's the best of society and the worst of society and they will reveal themselves all the time yeah so yeah. they have to unfortunately because as we know the money makes the world go round. Mm. i think we're we're quite lucky not to have the coronavirus, obviously. Like yeah. no one wants to have it because it sucks to be ill. But I think we're lucky that we're in today's age where medicine and that's so much more advanced. Oh yeah, compared because who knows if this had been a hundred years ago when the coronavirus came along, maybe maybe we we would have the deaths that we've seen with the Spanish flu and stuff like that. We may not even be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah that you are you are totally right. I mean, thank God for a couple of smart people who just discovered a few little things. Mm. You know, like penicillin grow, growing on a bit of mold on a petri dish. And I suppose it's, it's just kind of uh, deja vu, really, a lot of it, right? Because even though we're so much more evolved and developed in that with medicine and technology and the list's endless from a hundred years ago, yeah, we're still having the same arguments of oh, these restrictions are BS and, you know, uh, oh, mask mandates are inhumane and all these kind of debates and arguments and all these kind of yeah. different sides that people take and the uh, tribalism of it all and that, which I guess shows that we're always going to be we always human. Like to, yeah, you yeah. Know? We always like to, well... Whether it's 1918 fuss. or 2021. We like to make fuss. Yeah. Anyway... Very nice chat again. Yeah, my friend. man, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I hope uh, people enjoy it. As I well. know we went on a few. You know, you know by now. This is the tangent corner. <laughs> this is what we do. <laughs> we've came in. We're hungover. We've we've talked about history for an hour twenty minutes because twenty minutes was probably rambling about I don't know other stuff, other random things. Yeah, but hopefully it's been entertaining for you all. We're I can't believe we're at twenty episodes. I know because every know. other podcast I did failed by three. <laughs> so we're well, doing we're, we're going to be on number well i mean are we going to tell them what we're going to be recording next week oh yes we're 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 continuing this and we've got guests coming on in october but to well it just doesn't make sense because this episode will be up in october even though it's september because there's like so a, there's got, a couple well, yeah. weekly because because we've got other life commitments in that we stack all these up mm -hmm. and we just release them week by week yeah, uh, to give us a bit of comfort you. for the viewers. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But yeah, we're currently September 18th at time of recording. Um, so when we get round to recording uh, in October, we've got a few guests coming on. So we're taking advantage of the time to do topics because we enjoy these. Yeah, these are the ones we, that we actually sit and discuss and almost argue about trying to get on here. Yeah, <laughs> but, well, the thing is, like, we like them. The reason that I wanted to get into podcasts because I wasn't a lot of podcasts myself. Yeah, and even if it's someone going to sleep with this on, it's like a background noise. That's kind of what this is for because we oh, get. It. An enjoyment of actually having a conversation, mm-hmm. and then obviously other people can take what they want from that by watching it on the platforms and that. But like you see us blowing each other's mind in that with that, so we're <laughs> kind of like educating ourselves. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. Every day is a school day, Ryan. Yeah, every day. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we're we're getting a lot of uh, local support and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. very much appreciated. Uh, got some interesting guests coming up, so stay tuned for that. But the next topic which will be the next episode you see after this episode 21 we're going to be doing on an empire i'll let you specify which one good old pablo escobar oh yeah we're yeah, going to talk about him there. his it's empire not been, it's not had any like tv series done on it or anything like no that, like right? narcos so we're being what? original with this we're not, we're, not just, we're not just copying off other people so yeah I, i've already watched narcos myself so like i say like i'm really excited to like talk about it i am really looking looking forward to going home and researching and um, watching a few more documentaries on them getting a few few more facts i'm gonna leave it as that yeah <laughs> and you were gonna bring up that biden thing again i was but i thought no not anymore. At least we're not going hard on the paint in Spotify anymore. Every musician's yeah. Murray, I have to hold my... It's, I'm like that meme. You know where the, the person's like trying to hold something in? Like that and the veins are popping out his face? That's me with the Dave Grohl story or the Spotify SoundCloud yeah. debate. <laughs> yeah. And this podcast on Spotify, so I can't go too hard in the paint. Otherwise, <laughs> uh, Daniel Elk, I think the owner's name is, will probably uh, banish us from... yeah. And you know that would that would suck. But sad. anyway, we're we're kind of rambling on now as we That's it. as we always do. So it's probably time to wrap this up. So take care from us at the NEC, guys. Peace.